Chaos and Christ Podcast. Chaos and Christ Podcast. We honor Christ. Lift heavy weights, act like men, and resist tyranny. And now your host, Alexi Felix. Welcome back to Chaos and Christ Podcast. I'm your host, Alexi Felix. Thank you for tuning in again. This week, we are speaking about toxic relationships and really what they do, <laughs> like the type of chaos that they ensue in our lives, how it affects all of your spiritual life, your mental life, your physical life. And we want to look at what the scriptures have to say about it. Now, relationships are what make up the human experience, and it is exactly how God himself has seen fit for us to live. What we have in this world is relationships that allow us to collaborate with one another, to do business together, to build something, to innovate with one another. We have gifts and talents that God gives us individually, and it is not just for ourselves, but it is to serve others, the church mainly, but obviously others so that they too can come to know who Christ is through you. So relationships are vital. And they are intended to nurture and to grow and to build with one another as we see and look to Christ as our Lord and our King. Now, on the flip side of relationships and as good as God had intended it to be, we are cursed with sin. And we have what sin produces, greed, envy, jealousy, rivalry, dissension, hate, murder, lust, etc., etc. And with all these things, When we get into relationships, outside of Christ, we are susceptible to get into something that is very toxic, that will lead us down a path we really do not want to go. Now, obviously, what I would like to do is provide an example from the Bible of what that looks like. So an example of a toxic relationship in the Bible is the story of Samson and Delilah, found in Judges 16. Samson was a judge of Israel and had great strength, but he had a weakness for women. He met Delilah and was infatuated with her, even though she was not an Israelite and was working with the Philistines to bring him down. Pause. Already, you see where the New Testament scripture teaches us that we have really no business to align with someone who is unequally yoked, right? Because what we see here. Well, Delilah's intention is to bring Samson down, but Samson, he's captured. Not physically, at least not yet, but he's captured by, I guess what, Delilah's beauty? Uh, she must be bomb. You know, she she must be just another delight to the eyes of Samson during a time where each man was living as they saw fit. These were the days of the judges. Delilah repeatedly asked Samson about the source of his strength, and he gave her false answers each time. Eventually, he revealed the truth, that his strength came from his long hair, which had never been cut. Delilah betrayed him by cutting his hair while he slept, allowing the Philistines to capture him and blind him. It's a very toxic relationship. He's clearly sleeping with her. She's trying to get answers from him. He lies to her constantly every time she asks him. Now, you know, from what I can see, I don't know if Samson is really aware of Delilah's plan, 
and he's just trying to throw her off course because otherwise, why would he then give her what you know she wants to know at the very end? Maybe he thought that she was falling for him. I don't know. I guess that's a possibility. But he was lying to her, giving her false answers each time. And each time, Delilah went back to try to test that out and tells the Philistines, and it doesn't work. Samson's strength was intact. But then through this story, we see the consequences of a toxic relationship that is based on deception and betrayal. Samson allowed his love for Delilah to cloud his judgment and ultimately led to his downfall. However, we also see God's grace and mercy at work. As Samson's strength was restored in his final act of sacrifice, and he was able to bring down the temple of the Philistines and the, to defeat their oppressors. This story reminds us that even in the midst of toxic relationships, God can work through our, our mistakes and weaknesses to bring about his ultimate plan. But it also shows the importance of being aware of the dangers of a toxic relationship and seeking godly counsel and guidance in our relationships. So what I want to do is let's get into understanding what toxic relationships are. I've written down some things here that, in all my own words, based on even my own experience, <clears throat> I, I would provide. A toxic relationship is that which causes chaos and unrest in the midst of it. It isn't centered around Christ and how the scriptures teach us how to deal with one another. There is no self-sacrifice. There is no service. There is no love. There is no comfort in one another. There's, there's deception. There's mistrust. There is no encouragement. There is no challenge for the good of that person. This is all toxic. And so therefore, really, it always boils down to selfishness. What that person in that party can get out from you, right? And how they serve you and vice versa. And what that becomes. And so there's different levels of toxicity. There's abusive, right? And abusive, now you can kind of do subcategories with abusive, you have mental, you have physical and spiritual. Mentally, you get men and women that are manipulators and that use their words and the power of their words and even using probably things that they know triggers you based on these words that would cause emotional damage that will kind of question yourself, make you double think about yourself. You're typically, you're gaslit a lot of the times where you start questioning your own sanity about what is happening within the relationship based on the feedback you're getting from this other person. This can be in relationship romantically. This could be in a business relationship, co-worker relationship. There's just so many th ways that this can take place. Friendships can be become toxic. We all know that in our lives now, how friendships can become mentally toxic just based on who they are, how they think, how they speak, what they do, and how that affects you in your life. Now, there's an abusive sort of toxic relationship that is physical. Now, normally, this can be a little bit more often in the realm of romanticism, whether being in a relationship with a significant other or even in marriage. Physical abusiveness it's something that I personally have witnessed at some point in my time when I was younger. I mean, I'm not going to dive into my own thing, but it does hit close to home for me. And I hate it, but it's definitely something that we should break away from, right? And then spiritually. Now, this one encompasses everything. 
But spiritually, it really starts to attack your belief system and what you see and how you see the world it operates, the worldview of things. It darkens you. It leaves a dampening within yourself where there is no confidence, there is no joy, there is no peace. You develop anxiety and depression based on this toxic relationship that on a deeper level, you have to ask yourself, why do I continue to pursue this? Why do I take the abuse? Why can't I leave? I mean, you can leave and you probably have tried, but then you go back. And it's like this repeated cycle that's almost like you like it. And so there's this, that spiritual abuse. That's what's what makes it toxic, right? Because it's something there that you still cling to, no matter how painful and messed up it is. And, and it can get pretty messed up. Another form of abusive uh, toxic relationships would be codependency. Convincing yourself you are no one without them, which then puts them in the position of an idol. And again, that goes down into a spiritual aspect where you can't see yourself operating outside of that relationship and how that would work. You can't bust a move without wondering what they're going to do and how they're going to think about it and what their say is. Now, there's a level of healthy codependency in a good marriage, right, where God is being honored and there is no abuse taking place in this respect. So the codependency I'm speaking of within toxic relationships is toxic in itself. And so this is something to think about. This has lasting effects on your outlooks, causing depression and sadness, feeling like you are trapped or having distrust for almost anyone that comes around in your life. This also begins to work on you subconsciously, creating a path you do not necessarily want to go down on and yet feeling like you are on autopilot. So. Let's look at biblical perspectives on toxic relationships, anxiety, and depression. I want to explore what the scriptures have to say about relationships, right? One, we have to know that relationship is how God designed us. You know, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are in union with one another, and they are in relationship with one another, and then he then creates us to have a connection and relation to him but then we are to then operate together in this plane of our world. We can't do things on our own. There is no autonomy. And in our culture today, online especially, everyone has this lone wolf mentality, right? Cut everyone off. I'm going to do me by myself. But even the, the best disciplined person who will not hang out with anyone, not do life with anyone, will find themselves in the gall of depression and needing to escape and break out. And then bad things start to take place. Bad habits, sins start to flourish out of this place, right? Idleness. And then we can also become very self-informed and no one can speak into it. So anyway, we can't get away from relationships, but then how do we go and deal with it? Because Man, there are some toxic people out there and you don't often notice in the beginning and they kind of creep into your life. And so anyway, let's look at what Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24 to 25 says. Do not make friends with a hot tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. This verse 
warns against associating with people who have a hot temper and who are easily angered, it rubs off on you. All right. And this is a command, essentially. Do not make friends with a hot tempered, whether that's in business, in work, or a significant other that you are courting or looking to see if you can have actual real relationship and then lead to marriage. If if this person is hot tempered off the bat, red flag off automatically. It's pretty obvious there. Because this will then kind of affect your behavior. And little do you know, you're probably going to pick up on it. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be misled. All right. So already there is a misleading that can take place in specific relationships. And so in 1 Corinthians, Paul is telling them, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. This verse emphasizes the importance of surrounding ourselves with people who have good character and values as being around people who are negative or immoral can have a corrupting influence on us. Have you ever heard the term birds of a feather flock together? Or another term, you are the sum of the five friends you hang out with the most? There's something that takes place there with the people that we hang out with. A lot of, you know who speaks about this really well? Personal development people and business entrepreneurs online who understand the importance of getting around people who have a like-mindedness headed towards a direction that they have deemed to be positive and good that requires some accountability, that it requires some sharpening. And we understand that when we get together with people that have a vision that you're trying to pursue that is good, holy, righteous, that God would be pleased with, that he has called you to do, when we partner up with these people, it's just something that happens is that we are being challenged internally to rise to their level. That's why we always want to get with people that are better than us in different areas of life. Whether that's business, finance, your spiritual walk with the Lord, you want to get with people that will challenge you, that live a life that you want to imitate. And in toxic relationships, the opposite is going to take place. This is why Paul is saying, do not be misled, because bad company corrupts good character. Now, when you surround yourself with these five people that are toxic, that lie, slander, steal, cheat, murder, and however you find yourself in that context, you know that death is promised in that. And when you surround yourself with that and you are completely being discipled by that, then don't be surprised when you realize that your life is becoming to be unraveled and actually you're becoming just as toxic as they are. So we have to recognize that who we are hanging with, who we are keeping company, if it's bad company, it's going to corrupt our good character. We want to get with people that will build the good character. And then Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, really brings in that wisdom when it reads, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. What, what is this verse saying? It, it reinforces the idea that the people we associate with can have a significant impact on our lives. And we should seek out relationships with wise and godly people. Because again, if you walk with the wise, you become wise. And it doesn't matter what context we're talking about here. 
If you are a male looking to find a wife and you see something in her that doesn't honor the Lord, that is corrupting, look what happened to Samson. Look what happened to Solomon. What happened to David when he made the decision to take Bathsheba as his wife, even though she was a married woman? I'm just saying, these are things that can happen. And then vice versa, if you're a woman with a man who is a narcissist or someone who is just abusive with his words or with his hands, mentally, spiritually, you are walking in the leadership of that man and his leadership is going to lead you to chaos. And there's no wisdom there. If he is hot, angered, and tempered, there's no wisdom there. So these are things that we need to think about in our professional lives, in our romantic lives, in our lives of, with our friends. And then 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 tells us, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what? Do righteousness and wickedness have in common? And I'll tell you, absolutely nothing. And it goes on to say, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? None. Light eradicates darkness in an instant. Have you been in a dark room and then flicked lights on? How quick did the darkness go away? Instantly. Instantaneously. There is no relationship there. There just isn't. And this verse speaks to the importance of aligning ourselves with people who share our values and beliefs as being in close relationship with those who do not create tension and conflict in any way, shape, or form. This is the type of relationship we do not want to have. So what I also want to look into is scripture to provide comfort, right? You understand now why you shouldn't be in those relationships, why those relationships need to be cut off, especially romantically. I see this a lot romantically. Specifically, I see this with young men on a friendship professional level, but on a romantic tip, let me just kind of like lean in on this. We are willing to accept toxicity in a relationship for fear of being alone, for fear of being rejected, for believing that there's no one else that can love you as this person at some point in the relationship has shown that to you. But this speaks more deeply into what's going on inside your heart. Now, yes, there are things that happen in our past that we take subconsciously and, I guess, look for it in our current relationships, but I'm not here to do psychology with you. Whatever it is, you know what toxicity is when you're in it because it just brings you sorrow and unhappiness and drama and you're overwhelmed and stressed out and you lose sleep. None of that is good. None of that does you good. It's an obvious thing. but we still pursue these things. Something's happening on a deeper level, but until we look to Christ and recognize that he has all that we need to be fulfilled, to truly feel loved and fulfilled, to fill in that void that we have deep inside, until you get to that point, you will continuously run from relationship to relationship, trying to fill that void and realize it's never enough. It just doesn't work. So here's some comfort. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything. This is for those that are dealing with anxiety, right? Which is typically like worry of something in the future. But in every situation, every situation, I don't care if it's good, bad, ugly, every situation, this is what Scripture is saying. By prayer 
and petition. Not by looking to yourself, not by I got to fix me, which people tend to say, not by trying to spend money on specific drugs or anything like that, with prayer and petition. And guess what? With thanksgiving. Yeah, we have to approach God with thanksgiving. Present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This verse encourages us to bring our anxieties and worries to God in prayer and trust that he will provide peace and comfort. But even deeper, when we present our requests to God, we have to recognize that he has still blessed us in so many ways that we take for granted. When we start to thank him first, we come to him first. That's the first step, right? Stop looking to yourself. You don't have the answers. You clearly are still struggling. Go to God. Go to God because he is the source of it, the source of answer, true peace and joy. And he will correct you because sometimes that's what we need. We need to be corrected. We are not standing right, not at all. We are in sin and we need to be corrected, rebuked. We need to repent. We need to come before him. We need to humble ourselves and come before him. And then we have to start thanking him. We have to approach him with thanksgiving. Because again, we have to align our minds correctly. We are seeking constantly for something that will satisfy us and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we don't realize what we have right in front of us is more than enough. So come to him with thanksgiving and then present your request to God. And he will give you peace that transcends all understanding. That is a promise. And he will guard your hearts. That's what you need. You need your heart to be guarded. Because our hearts are this factory of sin that is constantly producing stuff that's going to lead us into a place of chaos. So let's look at Psalm chapter 34, 17, 18. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Broken heart, sadness, crushing spirit, depression. This verse reminds us that God is always with us, especially in our times of distress and despair and depression, and that He is ready to hear our cries for help. But here's the kicker here's the key the righteous cry out. Unless you're in Christ and unless you've repented of your sins, you can cry out all you want, but you're not righteous before Him because you have nothing to offer Him. You got nothing. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. And so it's not in your righteousness that you have to trust in. It is in Christ's righteousness imputed to you for what he did on the cross for your sin. And so that's very important. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them, not the wicked. And don't think that the person in that relationship, that toxic person, is the only wicked person there is. You're also part of this toxic relationship. There's wickedness happening within yourselves because you are trusting in this specific relationship. However that looks, it's toxic, but you're still in it. You haven't listened and heeded the scriptures. Bad company corrupts good character. There's an idol worship going on there. There's the codependency on an unhealthy level happening there. And so there's wickedness happening. You have to repent and you have to come before him. and then. Will he hear you? 
The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that's a promise for those that trust in Christ. Matthew 11, 28, 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This verse offers an invitation from Jesus to come to him with our burdens and find rest and peace in his love and care. This is also a beautiful reminder that the burden and the weariness that you get from it is you trying to muscle up the strength to deal with it yourself, to align your life together. Our Lord just told us, Christ himself just told us to cast it his way. And he's going to give us his yoke. There's still a burden we have to carry, but his is light. He is gentle, humble in heart, and we will find rest for our souls. Still a burden. It's just his yoke is light. It's interesting. And then Proverbs 3 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And this is my favorite verse, honestly. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Now, this verse reminds us to trust God and seek his guidance in all areas of our lives, including our relationships and struggle with anxiety and depression. But what I want to really lean on is lean not on your own understanding. Again, I think I've been harping on this a little bit, but Leaning on your own understanding is literally trusting in your supposed wisdom and knowledge, trusting in your methods, trusting in your strength to get you out of this. We have to trust the Lord with all our heart. Some of us don't want to leave this toxic relationship because of the codependency, and we think that there isn't something better out there. We're so attached and afraid of the outcome of cutting things off. This is the point we need to get to where we trust in the Lord with all our heart. Our heart is deceitful above all things. And so laying it down and placing it in Christ's hands to trust him, not leaning on your own understanding, is the beginning. This is what we need to do. And we can take all of these struggles and all these bad relationships and we can leave it to Christ and to trust that he will lead us where we need to be eventually. And then in Psalms 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. This verse offers assurance that God is a healer and is able to bring healing and restoration to our broken hearts and wounded spirits. We have to examine the role of faith in overcoming these challenges. We can't do it within our own might, and drugs won't cure what is going on on a deeper level. When we have anxiety and depression, we go and we seek help from professionals now, there's a role for those things. I'm not saying that there isn't any like room for what they prescribe, but oftentimes many people find that it doesn't work. They're taking it and they're still dealing. So then we got we to gotta get to the root of the problem. And at the end of the day, whether prescribed drugs or illegal drugs, that's not going to solve what you're dealing with. In Christ alone, and trusting in him, trusting that he has a plan for you, trusting that he can take it. He can take all that you're dealing with and he can relieve you from it. He can, and he, and he will, if you just repent and humble yourself. 
So what are ways that we can do to overcome some toxic relationships, anxiety, and depression? Now, first and foremost, all these practical things that I'm going to say that you can do, they're very helpful, I believe. And God has given us wisdom to take these things, to use it for our benefits, because there are some things that we deal with mentally, physiologically, that he has designed our bodies to be. And until we actually do some of these things I'm about to mention, it, it won't help. But the main thing, first and foremost, because none of this will help unless you get this right, is you need to repent. Place your trust in Jesus Christ alone. Confess your sin because you are a sinner, 100%. You are not exempt. Just because you found yourself in a narcissistic relationship that was so toxic, it does not make you a victim. You are a victim of it, but it's because you have also trusted in yourself, trusted in this relationship outside of Christ. And so you have to, you have to come before him and place your trust in him. Take all of that and pray and seek him and find healing for your soul and forgiveness for your sin. Now, in that, here's some practical ways that we can look at. We can deal with coping mechanisms for anxiety and depression, such as like meditation on God's word, right? Not meditation, meditation on God's word, musing over the scriptures. And that means you're going to have to take time to actually read the Bible, spend time in his word, grab a study Bible that's easy for you to understand. And there are notes that can help you understand what's happening there. Grab a journal, journal your thoughts, what you're dealing with, what you feel like the scripture is saying. And, uh, you know, get around solid friends that are biblical, that trust Christ, that are committed to the walk of Christ. So that way they can speak into your life and provide that lifestyle that eventually will start to kind of come onto you as you do life with them. Remember, Bad company corrupts good character, but when you're in the company of the brotherhood and sisterhood and they are seeking after Christ, that's good company. That will develop your character, I should say. So you want to do that, which means you got to get plugged into a church. You got to get plugged into a trusted community, small group church, and just build and stay committed to that. Just see it through. Just show up. Have conversations. And let that kind of trickle on. I used to struggle with that a lot. And I find myself now where I'm actually consistently meeting at church and meeting with some of the people there. And God is doing a work in that alone. Another thing, too, is something that is near and dear to my heart. Guys, you got to take care of your physical body as well. Like, honestly, fitness is crucial. There are scientific findings of when people deal with depression and anxiety. And with training, going to the gym, and what that does for you. And that, for me, has always been a staple in my routine for many years at this point. And it won't stop. There are just days where the cloud is over my head. I'm praying. I'm doing all that I can. And I am trusting in the Lord. But it's still there. I'm in a rut. And then I go to the gym, and I lift some weights, and all of a sudden, things just clear up. And I think that's a gift from God. It's a gift from God. It's just another resource that he gives us to utilize to just help us out along the way, right? That We are still in this flesh and we are still in the world where it is cursed by sin. So there's going to be a constant battle and tension. There's no escape from it. 
we lean on Christ first and foremost. We don't lean on our own understanding. But then God gives us wisdom, gives us tools, gives us resources. So use it. Work out. Go for a run. Go for a walk. Lift some weights. Do some calisthenics. I don't know. Move your body. It's honestly, it's been a help for me because I deal with occasional. I don't know. I wouldn't know if I can call it depression, but I get into some real sad funks. I don't know where that tends to come from, but fitness has definitely been a decent staple for me. And also just get outside, especially on nice days with the sun. It really does help. Get plugged in with a group of people that you can trust. That would be it. Remember this. The main point is this, that bad company corrupts, corrupts good character. We are to get with those that are wise so that we can become wise. We need to trust in Christ alone for our help. And then we need to then take what God has given us and the resources to really get on the path of just healing and growing and getting past what that toxic relationship has done to us in the past. Remember, guys, that he is there. He is not somewhere. He's not far away. No matter how you feel. If we spend time in the word of God, it is objective. And no matter how we feel, objectively true, God is near and dear to those that are brokenhearted. And so I hope that as I leave you with this, that you are finding encouragement, motivation, that it just sparks something in you to want to plug into a local body, to confess your sins and turn to Christ and lay it all down at his feet, to trust in his finished work, and to get with people that are good for you and to cut off those that are toxic. And I mean really cut them off, really, lest you become them as well. So I hope this blesses you. If this is something that really did help you and it's going to help you to just kind of take the next steps forward, then please share this with someone else that might be going through the same thing. This is why I'm doing this for, right? This is a source of chaos that is happening in many people's lives. And we need to be reminded that Christ is in the midst of it. So please share this with someone else. Do me a hot favor and rate this. It's a star system. Just give me a star that you think is worthy of this podcast. And if you have a quick second, give me a sentence or two. That'd be cool too. But also stay tuned for a new episode featuring my first guest ever. As we talk about capitalism, business, why it is demonized and how we can view this through the lens of scripture. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast, all right? Make sure you subscribe. I'm excited for this. It's going to be my first conversation on here that I think is going to be very beneficial for you as well, all right? And make sure, uh, and if you haven't considered supporting this podcast on Patreon, what I will do is list your name on the podcast for your support and then also answer any questions for you on the show. You will be able to email me. And whatever it is, maybe your prayer request, question, a thought, something, and then I can put that into the show as a segment. I'm just trying to connect with you, but your support will go a long way as I desire to grow this ministry for God's glory. But anyway, until next time, continue to look to Christ. God bless. If you found value, then please subscribe and leave an honest rating and review. And remember that in the midst of chaos, Christ is there. 